Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. We'll get into the word this morning. I, this, the, the genesis for this word really came from a conversation that I was having with Melissa Higginbottom just about personal growth and discipleship and all those kinds of things. And so I wrote a message called God's Gym. How, how to get swole in the spirit. <laughs> Now listen, I've, I've got to put a bit of a caveat at the front because I am not a gym person. I have had several gym memberships in my lifetime, uh, but they all expired or I had them cancelled because I would go in and I would just look around at all the sweating and the puffing and the panting and the carry-on. And one day I just kind of looked around and said, I just don't want to be part of this collective hysteria. <laughs> I think I'll just walk and eat less. Um, however, there, there is really so many parallels between how God grows us and, you know, maybe the physical gym that someone like Tom would go to, where, where weights are lifted and mass is increased and muscles come in places where they may have been lying dormant. And as I was sharing this thought with Melissa, this revelation just started to flow and I'm like, wow, that's a word from God. So I'm just going to share four really practical points around what it feels like to be part of God's gym that can help us in our growth as Christian leaders and people who work for the church, who are servants in the house of God, and then also just disciples of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to, I'm going to go through it succinctly because we don't have a ton of time this morning. And welcome to all our young people over here. This is so good. Just thinking I should have dragged my daughter out of bed. She should be up there with you guys. Somebody text her and say, where are you, Zoe? Okay. The first thought is this, God's gym. Number one thought, I don't want to be here. I cannot tell you how many times when I had a gym membership where I would sit out the front of the gym and have to convince myself to walk inside. There were a couple of times where I sat there for five minutes and the fleshly part of me won and I actually drove away. But the override, the, the prevailing thought that I would have before I went into the gym was, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. I know what awaits me in there and I don't like it. True for the natural gym, True for God's gym. A lot of our growth and maturity as Christians comes down to doing things that we don't want to do. I was a, I was a, um, a competitive swimmer growing up. And I actually had a lot of natural talent. And my trainer used to, used to say to me and to my parents, she could go to the Olympics if she applied herself. Never did go to the Olympics. <laughs> did I have the talent and the ability? Heck yeah. But you know what I didn't have? The discipline. 
What's the difference between a good swimmer, a swimmer with ability, and an Olympic swimmer or a champion swimmer? Discipline. Doing things that you don't want to do. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 9.27, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Now, this, this scripture is an anathema today because we are... It is drummed into us through the selfishness of our society because somewhere something shifted where instead of just doing what we should do and doing what was right and doing what we needed to do, it became all about our preferences and what I like doing. And there is, there is a phase you get to in life where you get to do more of what you like and less of what you dislike. But because God is the ultimate trainer, there will always be part of your life where you are required to do things that you just don't want to do. And it's really good for you and nothing will build spiritual muscle like doing the things that maybe aren't your first choice. So the culture of the world right now, and especially um, in the hearing of our young people, is like, who are you? Ask yourself, who are you? And, you know, there's, there's a degree of virtue in that. But I think the greater question is, who do you want to be? What kind of a person do you want to be? Because it may not be your natural bent. It may not be something that comes easily to you, and it may require things that aren't your preference to do. I mean, I had to, I, my gosh, this was my story. If I only did what I wanted to do, I tell you what, I wouldn't accomplish much. The women's ministry wouldn't look like it looks. Our team wouldn't look like it looks. Our marriage wouldn't look like it looks. My friendships wouldn't look like it looks. I wouldn't be the leader that I am today. I had such a problem with confrontation. It was not my preference. And for the longest time, I would default that to people who were better at it. And I would say, you know what? It's just not my gifting. It doesn't make me feel good. I don't want to be that person that, you know, has to have the hard conversation. But really what I was saying was I fear rejection and I don't want to, I don't want to have people look at me with a slanted smile. So instead I'll default it to somebody who's a little bit better. And I felt God challenge me and say it may not be something that you want to do, but this is something that I'm requiring of you. This is something I don't want to be here. But God says this is the place where you're going to develop some spiritual muscle and become maybe not what you feel like you want to be, but, be, but what you need to be for, for, to fulfill the call that I put on your life. Do you think Joseph, the dreamer, now he had a dream, nothing wrong with having a dream. Do you think it was his preference and his first choice to serve in Potiphar's house? And now the Bible says he didn't just serve in Potiphar's house, he served so good that there was nothing in Potiphar's house that was withheld from him. Everything was under his hand and his keeping. Then he ends up in prison. Do you reckon it was his preference to be in prison? And yet God allowed it. And this is a guy who was righteous. It's hard to find a man who was more righteous and blameless than Joseph. Yet he ends up in prison, I'm sure, doing things that he doesn't want to do. And even there in prison, Doing stuff he doesn't want to do, the Bible says that he got the favor of the jailers because he was so excellent in everything he put his hand to. God's gym, I don't want to be here. <laughs> Doing things that you don't want to do. I want to ask you this question today. Is there a part of your job that you don't want to do? Think about it. Is there a part of your job that you really dislike? God put it there for a reason, 
And that's the part that's going to grow you. That's the part that's going to develop some spiritual muscle. Gosh, I hated the thought of going into the gym, but when I walked out of the gym after doing things I didn't want to do, I felt like a superhero. Where's the salads? Where's the aerobic shorts? Where's the lycra? I just crushed a 60-minute workout. It's amazing how that will grow you and change you. We think that the joy in the high in life coming, comes from doing the things that we love, and certainly it is to a degree, but the real highs, the real joy comes from the moments where we push ourselves and challenge ourselves to do things that aren't our preference to do, and God will allow it. <laughs> it's the conversation that I've had over and over again with my children because we live in a society that has been saturated with an Instagram mentality of everything we do all the time needs to be fun. And if we're not having fun, we're being robbed in life. <laughs> but you know what I realized? It's actually getting comfortable with the mundane, with the everyday stuff, with waking up and feeding the dogs and taking them out to poop and getting in there and making the bed and you know, reading your Bible every day and having those conversations that you may not want to have but you need to have and keeping your house tidy and keeping it in order. They're the things that make the highs high. I enjoy my life because I give myself to the discipline of doing things that aren't my preference to do. So when I put my feet up at the end of the day and I enjoy an aperitifo, or I go out for dinner, or I have a vacation. I earned this. I, I did my due diligence. My life is not just the sum total of my preferences. So I'll ask you again. Is there a part of your job that you don't want to do? That's the part that will truly grow you. That's how to be swole in the spirit. <laughs> the second one is one that's a little more obvious. No pain, no gain. Yeah. Let me read you this scripture, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10. Therefore, this is Paul speaking, so that I would not become arrogant. Wow. <laughs> a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to trouble me. God, are you hearing this? So that I would not become arrogant. There it is again. I asked the Lord three times about this. Hello, God, it's me. What? A messenger of Satan to trouble me, a thorn in my flesh? This can't be the Lord, that it would depart from me. But God said to me, my grace is enough for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, no pain, no gain. So then I will boast most gladly about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may reside in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses with pain, with insults, with troubles, with persecutions and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. The greatest things in life are born from pain. It's the amount of weight you lift. And listen, it's not just the amount of weight you lift, but how you bear that weight. Because people can lift weights and they can destroy themselves in the process if they're not doing the move right, if their form isn't good. 
So you can be lifting weight and experiencing pain, but if you don't process it in God's gym, that that could lead to all kinds of back issues and you'll be going to have to see Dr. Matt. But when you allow God to grow you in his gym and, and those weights, the dumbbells on either end, say pain, pain, suffering, tension, conflict, things you don't want to have to deal with. And here's the truth of it. I feel like God will always allow us to have some thorn somewhere. Now, the thorn may change, but we'll always have a thorn. Could, could come in the form of a rebellious child or trouble with your finances or, you know, what, whatever life brings. But this thorn, this thorn will keep you sharp. This thorn will keep you in prayer. This thorn will keep you in faith. This thorn will give you an edge that if you didn't have there, you would become soft to the issues of the world around you. It, it makes you relatable. It makes you have a level of understanding and compassion when you look at the world around you because you may see them covered in thorns and that's certainly not God's intent. But you know, I kind of know because I've, I've got one. And I understand what this feels like. And, and, and the measure of, of weight and spiritual muscle on my life, I got it from, from lifting and I got it from the pain that I walked through. Paul puts it this way. He says in Romans 5.3, suffering produces character. It's actually not celebration that grows us. And celebration's wonderful. That's why we celebrate all the time. That's why every time you turn around, Awakened Church is throwing another party. But, but the real growth, your, your maturity happens in life by being able to handle pain. The pain of rejection, that's a huge one. When I was new in ministry, now I, I didn't realize that I spent most of my childhood trying to avoid pain. And it's a juvenile thing, it's understandable. I remember my, my papa, my grandpa, died unexpectedly when I was a young girl at 11, like just really quickly passed away. And my parents said to me, Leanne, you need to come to the funeral. And I refused to go because I didn't want to have to handle the pain of the loss. So I stayed home and I watched Inspector Gadget <laughs> and pretended that it wasn't happening. You know, not so bad for an 11-year-old but you can't carry that, that same way of not coping into your adult years. And so God sent me to New Zealand into probably the most ghetto gym of all time where he was teaching me how to lift some spiritual weight. And I've often said I, wouldn't, I would never wish upon anybody else what I experienced in New Zealand. And I haven't really expose the complete depths of what happened there. But suffice to say, it was a spirit Jezebel that was trying to grind me into the dust. However, it was there that I started to lift the weights in God's gym and allow God to train me. And again, because I allowed him, because I processed with the Lord, because God was my trainer when I was lifting those weights of rejection, of being excluded, of having slanderous lies spoken about me by a woman who should have been a spiritual mother. It was there that God, God grew me. And it was there that as I lifted those weights of pain, instead of saying, I'm checking out, I'm leaving God's gym, I said, God, please remember, help me remember what this feels like so I never do it to anybody else. Cherish Women's Ministry was born out of pain. <laughs> Can you see your greatest pains 
have the potential to become your greatest gains. <laughs> you know, I, I think about that time in New Zealand and I wanted to spare anybody else going through that. But at the same time, it's what made me who I am. So your story may not look like mine, but when that painful season comes in God's gym, where you're having to deal with that thorn or lift that weight, don't run from it. Allow the trainer to train you. Allow him to spot you. Allow him to carry you how he carries you and lift that weight and understand then there's a spiritual muscle that is built that the world didn't give and the world can't take away. And it strengthens you in ways that no high day, no mountaintop experience ever can. <laughs> can you see your pains as gains? All right, the third thought. Mind the mirrors. Mind the mirrors. Hebrews 4.13 says this. There is nothing that can be hid from God... Everything in all creation is exposed and lies open before his eyes. And it is to him that we must all give an account of ourselves. I remember being in an aerobics class like many, many years ago, back when aerobics was a thing. And um, we were in this big room and it was surrounded by mirrors. And we were doing our exercise and the woman, woman up the front, the instructor was leading us in all the moves. And I remember seeing this woman in the mirror out of the corner of my eye and she was so uncoordinated. Like every move she did, it was wrong. Like she was completely out of touch. She looked like Big Bird, like, you know, <laughs> like no muscle definition, unco as all get out. And it was then that I realized, oh my gosh, it's my reflection. It's me. Hello, it's me. I'm the problem, it's me. Like, because my eyesight was bad. Like I had to get LASIK because I had, I had you know, problems with my, with my, I was short-sighted. I'm looking at this woman like going, oh dear God, someone rescue her. And it was me, it was me. As I got closer, I'm like, I am that woman. And, and in God's gym, it's exactly the same. God will give you moments of self-reflection where you catch a glimpse of yourself and you're like, heaven forfend. But when that happens, don't turn a blind eye. Don't excuse it. Don't blame the instructor. Don't blame it on somebody else. You're not following the moves right. I remember such a time um, many years ago when Pastor Jürgen and I were working for Pastor Phil at Oxford Falls. And Pastor Phil uh, flew us and a lot of the team members to Singapore to be part of a C3 conference over there at Kong He's Church. It's the first time I'd ever been to Singapore. And we flew in and we got checked into a beautiful hotel, but the room was small. And then we went to the church for the conference and the services were long and it was underground, so it smelled a bit damp. And then we had to drive a bus to and from. And then I'm walking through the foyer, kind of complaining. And then the elevator doors open and I see this mirror. I see a reflection of myself with a scowl on my face, like complaining and grumbling. And I felt the Lord say to me, you ungrateful wretch. You would have given your right arm 
to do anything like this. You didn't even see a plane till you were 17 years of age. I didn't even get on a plane until I went to visit my fiance in New Zealand in 1992. I went for 17 years without getting on a plane and here I am, flash forward, not even 10 years later and I'm complaining <laughs> because the service was a bit long and the room could have been bigger and because this mega church building had to be built underground because there is absolutely no real estate available in Singapore, there was a bit of a damp smell. And I walk in and I am struck by the wretchedness of my own reflection. God will allow us to have those moments. And in those moments, don't excuse it. Don't blame somebody else for it. Deal with it. God is showing it to you, not so he can rub your face in your mess, but because he's saying to you, this is not how I want you to look. Here's a part of you that actually needs to shift. You're out of rhythm. You're out of tune. And you can blame everybody else around you, or you can make like the prophet Taylor Swift and say, hello, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Use it as a moment where you repent and you reflect. What kind of a person do I want to be? I don't want to be ungrateful. I don't want to take the generosity of a beautiful man of God who believes in us and has flown us to the other side of the world to hear from God and complain. Wow, that's not who I want to be. And here's what happens if you don't deal with the man in the mirror. You're going to start to see it reflected in the people around you. Because if you're a person of influence and you're doing the wrong moves, people are looking at you and they're going to do the wrong moves too. All of a sudden they're... Unco, looking like Big Bird, out of tune. So I want to ask you this question. Look at the people around you. Look at the people you're leading. Do you see things you don't like in them? Maybe check yourself first. Is it in me, God? I can't tell you how many moments I've had those experiences where I've looked around at about at the people I'm leading and I'm like, wow, that's a vile spirit. Well, that's off. I don't like that attitude. And God turns the mirror around back on me and says, Leanne, it's in you. Are you surprised it's in them? Are you surprised you see it in her? You've been modeling it for years. Mind the mirrors. Check to see if it's in you. And then finally, <laughs> all reps matter. <laughs> And I got this from Tommy Shirt yesterday. Thank you for my final point. <laughs> it was either that or beast mode. I'm going with all reps matter. First Kings 18, 41 to 44 in God's gym, all reps matter. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. And seven times, seven times, all reps matter, seven times. Well, what about when I go once, when I try once, when I serve once, when I give once, when I tithe once, when I pray once, when I forgive once, when I say sorry once, when I try once, seven times. Thank you. Seven times. And Elijah said, go back. And the seventh time, because all reps matter, the servant reported, I see a cloud as small as a man's hand rising from 
the sea. We live in a world that feels like when we make one action, we should see an instant reaction. But it's not always that way in God's gym. All reps matter. To the young people here today, the world is going to tell you if you've tried once and it failed, then maybe you're just not called to this. It's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie. All reps matter. How do you get spiritually swole? You keep turning up. You keep showing up. You keep forgiving. You keep giving. You keep saying sorry. You keep putting yourself at the altar, turning back again and serving the Lord. You allow yourself to be humbled again and again. How many times, Lord? All reps matter. How how do you have what Pastor Jürgen and I and so many people within this church have? It's not, we didn't just wake up one day and God poured it all in our laps. There There are no shortcuts in God's gym. There's no plastic surgeon in God's gym. You're actually going to have to work for those flat washboard abs. You're going to have to. You can't get a pecectomy or whatever they're calling it. You you can't get pec implants. You got to work for this. All reps matter. There are no shortcuts. The world will tell you there are shortcuts, but there are no shortcuts in God's gym. All reps matter. Where have you given up? Where have you stopped trying and now you're complaining and blaming God? And he's just saying it's time to go again. It's time to believe again. It's time to pray again. It's time to forgive again. It's time to come to the altar again. It's time to give me your heart again. Quite often in ministry, especially because we can be faced with so many different uh, situations that have the potential to cause us trauma and disappointment and disillusionment and feelings that aren't the most pleasant, it can be very easy for us to think, well, I'm just going to throw in the towel and explore something new. But actually nothing could be further from the truth. What have you stopped doing that you need to do again? I can't tell you that every morning that Pastor Jürgen and I wake up and go for coffee and read our Bibles, that that's what I want to do and that's where I want to be. But I understand that all reps matter, that I am living in a world that wants to make me a lazy couch potato. And if I look at my life, quite honestly, one of the things that I had to work against was laziness. Oh, I was really good at starting things. Like I preach many times, I'm the fourth of five girls, so I was at the lazy end of the family. You know, those eldest children, there's there's some kind of get up and go with them, like they're they're born motivated. But I, I was at the... I was at the lazy end where my sisters would buy the card and I would just sign it. They would get the present and I would stand there with them presenting it. You know, effort was not my greatest strength. You know, I was a dreamer. I had some good ideas, but I had terrible follow through. But I've realized that in this life, if I want spiritual mass, and I do, I I want to leave an impact in San Diego. I want to change the nation of the USA for better. Then I'm going to have to get good at doing some reps in God's gym, even when I don't feel like being there, even when it's not my preference, even when there's pain involved, even when I see my reflection in the mirror and I am disgusted at what I see. And I have to allow the Lord to come in with his lamp. Like the Bible says, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the innermost places of his heart. 
Here at Awaken Church and in the internship and on the staff, you have joined a membership to God's gym. Don't sit out the front of the building talking yourself out of why you shouldn't have to go in there because that's where your life will be changed. So this is a a practical message today with great spiritual application. If you would commit yourself and get an unending, unexpiring membership to God's gym and learn to lift some weights, you truly will be one of your generation's greatest champions. I'd love it if you'd all stand to your feet. You know, we've come out of a season of stretch, and and June has carried its own, and we're going to be speaking more about this as we move into next year, but we're going to have a, a... a counter campaign in June to what the enemy has put forward as the Pride Month. Because there's, we we don't ever relinquish any part of our calendar to the devil. Never. And in fact, it's time for the church to not sit idle and go, well, you know, we'll, we'll let the, the wicked reprobates behind the LGBTQ community have the month of June. No, they're not having the month of June. And they're not having our young people and they're not having our schools. And we're going to bear some weight that, that other. And here's the thing. There are some weights in God's gym. This is what I feel prophetically that have become rusty and are covered in cobwebs because the former generation wouldn't pick them up and carry them because it represented pain that they didn't want to bear. But as we lift up those weights, I just see those cobwebs coming off and that rust dissipating and the shiny silver of that weight being lifted again and it is going to shift the atmosphere of our city. We didn't just come here to to play church, you know, just to to have a holy huddle every Sunday or every Wednesday night and just prophesy over one another till the cows come home. We came here to be cultural transformers. And in order to do that, we've got to lift some weight that maybe people before us didn't lift. And we're going to have to understand that God's going to need to show us how to do it because we've never seen it lifted before. Oh, I don't think that I can lift 800 pounds. But you can if God's involved, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord in the book of Zechariah. God's going to have us carry things that we haven't seen people before us carry. And it's going to require discipline and it's going to require courage and it's going to require selflessness and putting aside what may be our preferences. Oh, but the rewards. And, and you know, I, I never want to become too well acquainted with pain. I don't want to become a sadist. I think there are some people that, you know, can. If, if life is full of too much pain that it's almost just like expected. I never want to, to, to love the pain, but I want to learn to not run away in the face of it and bear it. Through Christ, I'm able to bear this because I know the fruit. Suffering produces character. Pain produces some of the most beautiful things in life. Lift your hands to the Lord. That we wouldn't run from God's gym when the going gets tough and you smell the sweat of other people and it's unpleasant. And they've put you too close to that person who groans and snorts as they lift weights. And maybe there are a plethora of reasons that the Lord 
or that your flesh is wanting you to run out of that place. Stay. All reps matter. And some of you are in the midst of the mundane thinking, is this, like, is there any point to this? Is this just a futile exercise? The, the word of the Lord is all reps matter. You're praying for your kids. You're believing God for breakthrough in one of your children. All reps matter. You're believing for breakthrough in your finances. First, make sure you're not being uncoordinated in the mirror. And the Lord is not wanting to show you something that you are refusing to see. But then understand, all reps matter. I'm bringing in my tithe. I'm going to keep giving to vision builders. Or what about when you keep getting hurt in church and you find that the same messed up people in the world are the same messed up people in church and you're like, well, it should look different in here. Understand every time you keep coming back, even though there's pain involved, all reps matter. That was my story. You couldn't run me out of church if you tried. And I've seen everything and more in God's house. I've seen probably, you know, some of the most despicable human behaviours, but I'm not, I'm not here for the people in that sense or because they love me. I'm here because this is God's gym and this is where the trainer is. And he's asked me to lift weights. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it pushes my button. Sometimes I want to stop and my body's shaking. I can't bear anymore. But I know the trainer loves me. I know he loves me. I know that he will not put weight on my life that I cannot bear. And I know that when he puts weight on my life that his desire is not to crush me or have me fall to the floor or vomit in a trash can, but his desire is to grow me in ways that I haven't been grown. We live in a world that has so convinced itself that certain aspects of pain should be avoided. And that's why we have an epidemic with drug abuse. And it's, it's a tragedy that so many young people are smoking marijuana, a wicked, wicked drug. I don't care if it's legal in California. It, it holds nothing but pain. But, but the reason that the devil is so interested in getting people hooked to that is he wants them not to feel. He, he wants them to be numb because he knows God's gym, the place where we actually allow ourselves to bear Pains that aren't pleasant with Lord is the, with the Lord is the place of growth and the place where we become spiritually swole. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank you right now. Thank you for your strength, Lord. Father, you said that in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. Father, I thank you that you have given us strength to endure, that your word says in the book of Romans that suffering produces character and character perseverance. Father, these are all things that we want. We know that there's a world out there that needs a model of what it means to be someone who's solid, someone who doesn't run from a battle, someone who doesn't run from a hardship that says, I can face every day with strength because I face it with God. I can carry the weight because I know the trainer. I know his intent for me. I know his love for me. I know the future and the plans that he has for me. So anything that he asks me to lift, I can carry because he's lifting it with me. Father, I thank you right now for every person here, everyone who may be feeling the fatigue of being in God's gym. Father, I thank you that you strengthen them today. You remind them of who they are, but more than anything, you remind them of who you are. 
You are the trainer that never leaves us or forsakes us. We are never alone in the gym. We are never alone in God's gym. Our trainer is always there. Somebody give God a shout and a huge hand clap. Say amen. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. And you're going to be strengthened. You may not be swollen in the natural, but you're going to be swollen in the spirit when you enlist in God's gym. God bless you, everyone. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.